0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Gamer's Gambit with Al and Wayne. So it is a beautiful, lovely Monday and uh, ready for the snowpocalypse we're supposed to get tomorrow up here?
1: Oh, lo- lovely. It's <laughs> always great to have a snowpocalypse on Tuesday, right in the yes. middle of the work week.
0: Yeah, I mean, actually it's not that bad. I, I The report I saw was maybe like about 3 to 6, so enough to get inconvenient and i have to go out and i'm gonna have to take care of my driveway but other than that not too bad um still it is kind of funny this time of year you uh, there was a a graphic someone posted on facebook it had a picture of a weather map of wisconsin and it's like one to 87 inches (laughs) probably maybe we're not really sure and then
1: I i just always love the ones where it's like you know they've got they've got everybody else doing stuff negative twenty negative thirty in Wisconsin, and then they're out barefoot and grilling, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's one like uh or there's also another good one um there was a picture of like a five plows on a you know on a highway, and traffic's backed up, but it's like in most places in the country they call this a crippling snowstorm in Wisconsin. We call it Tuesday,
1: oh my but, God, there was a time. So I just have to take this out at a time to do an anecdote. Uh, so a few years ago, there was this really horrible snowstorm, right? It was like icy everywhere, freezing rain on top of like three to four to possibly six inches of snow on top of the freezing rain. Like everybody in my department called in.
0: Oh, no. And me, I'm
1: just like, hey, it's just another day in Wisconsin. Yeah. And I'm just like. <laughs> I just came in and everybody's like why are you in? I'm like, yeah, it was kind of grumpy outside, but nobody like, I'm like because every other job I had, like they would they would look at you like why are you calling in? This is Wisconsin. You don't it's a snow day. You don't call in on snow days. You just tough it up and come out. And in the job I had, it was just like everybody's like why are you there? We're all working from home today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like oh, yeah, that's what are you can do.
0: But anyways, so uh, now that we've ranted a little bit about the weather, and I'm sure any of our listeners in uh, warmer climates are probably now have the sudden urge to move to Wisconsin, right?
1: Exactly. It's
0: a trap. Anyways. (laughs) Join
1: us. Join
0: us. (laughs) Join us on the dark side. We have cookies. No, come to Wisconsin. We have beer. But they have. Beer sounds good right about now. But anyways, so on to our topics for today. So uh, first, top story. And I was actually kind of surprised when I read about this that apparently Nintendo might be moving away from home consoles. Now, the article I did read said it's not something that they're planning anytime soon. But I guess they want to focus on other things like you know, theme parks and movies, uh, which I don't know. Not sure what to think about this. What do you think?
1: Um my guess is everybody for the longest time, especially after the Wii U, have really kind of gotten on Nintendo's back going, Why you can't make a up to date console, you can't really do things, and why aren't you just going the way of Sega to just make you know what I mean, software for everybody else. Uh, And I think another part of it might be they figured out that while they haven't been crazy successful, they've done a few uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, I believe, was it? Or what was the Fire Uh Emblem? And uh, Super Mario, Animal Crossing, they've done now, all on mobile. And while they haven't been crazy successful, I don't think, especially with Pokemon Go they can succeed with doing that the other the other part of this is the Nintendo Switch if you look at it most people are using that as a portable console they're not actually using that with the dock on the TV so when somebody says you know we'll get out of the actual um home console business that might not necessarily mean they're out of the running and having you know, a portable console offering just that they know, Hey, you know, we don't have to have a lesser mobile offering anymore. We can go totally mobile and still make a good product that everybody's going to want.
0: And see, and that's the thing that's about the switch. It's weird. It really is because yeah, it's fully functional as a, you know, a, a mobile unit, but it's also fully functional as a console. So, yeah, the Nintendo Switch is kind of weird. I mean, I know they did receive some backlash on the Wii U. Uh, Not as much for the Wii, at least not that I can recall. And I think it's because at the time, the Wii U, or not the Wii U, the the first Wii, was still still somewhat of a novelty. uh, Because the people weren't really going overboard with the motion controls. Because at the time, I don't think that uh, Xbox had the Kinect, and I don't think PlayStation had the move at the time. So, in a way, I'd have to say the Wii was a bit groundbreaking in that regards. Uh, yeah, and I know the Wii U wasn't has received its fair share of criticism, but I haven't really heard anything bad about the Switch. But in the case sure. of the Switch, though, can we truly really call it a portable console since it does have both that functionality?
1: and that's i think i think that's where you're looking at it going no i mean it's a, it's a hybrid console to be sure because it's got both options i think when it comes down to it it is really how you decide to play with the switch if it's your handheld you know cuz there's a lot of people who probably uh, possibly i mean i can't say for sure but are, are no longer um using their 3ds anymore they're now fully integrated into the switch you know and they're just seeing that and going you know cell phone games seem to be something that we can do yeah they and they they have always been successful with their handheld market i don't oh, yeah. know any of their handheld market uh offerings that have actually failed you know what i mean not like the wii u
0: virtual boy <coughs> virtual well, boy
1: <coughs> yeah but that's when they went a little crazy and they tried something way off the bat which is good for nintendo they're not afraid to do stuff like that um you know like the th- people found out the 3d for the 3ds there's not totally a lot of people that want it you know what i mean like me i can't mm-hmm. see 3d so it's kind of like could take it or leave it because depending on the day i can see it or i can't
0: yeah <laughs> Whenever I played my son's 3DS, I never used the 3D feature, at least not for long periods of time. I just found it hurt my eyes a bit. But, I mean, then again, still, when you look back to Virtual Boy, that's still another thing where, in theory, it's a portable console, but it's not really something you could play on the go, like on a car trip or, you know, on your break at work, unlike the 3DS or the Game Boy or, uh, you know, the, the Game Boy Advance.
1: To actually use the the virtual boy, you actually kind of needed to use the tripod and you know have yourself set and dedicated to it
0: yeah and and now they said that they were they might try thinking focusing on like movies and theme parks theme parks I think would actually be pretty cool, and I thought I heard that like they're either close to or they've got the plans to start uh a A nintendo land in in, probably in japan
1: i thought i thought i had heard they already have that i mean i'm not sure i'm not sure if that was like they're building it or they actually have like with was it universal studios i think was doing that
0: yeah that's right you're you're right and it's going to be a smaller part of universal studios but i mean i could see them someday making like a standalone nintendo land uh now as far as movies kind of mixed on that i mean i don't know if they are thinking live action movies or just like animated movies about their characters because and i guess the thing that I, the reason i think it sounds weird or the reason i i'm not kind of iffy about that it's just that with uh nintendo some of their characters it's like well i'm trying to think of the best way to put this a lot of their franchises don't really use a lot of voice acting. Um I mean I know there's some like uh some of the later Metroid games did and I think the Star Fox did some as well, but like Mario or Zelda, I I just can't picture a full cartoon or movie with you know with Mario talking. I mean I know they've tried that with the cartoon series they did in the past as well as uh well, did you ever see the this the live action Super Mario Brothers?
1: Oh, we can't. We can we can never talk about that. We <laughs> we must we must stay silent. That is a dark place. So, You're yeah, right. I, no, Didn't I, happen. I, I I did, and it was. It's like, what does this have to do with this? You know, it's not even. I don't even think almost loosely based off of it. It was just like. Remember. Okay. <laughs>
0: Remember when you were down visiting us for the holidays and remember when we saw the wizard?
1: Oh yeah, the wizard was awesome at the time, I thought. Yeah. It was like um but again, that was more of around Nintendo as a platform, not actually any of their things. Now, you do you did re- re- or you do remember I'm sure that what was it? Dreamworks I think is working on a Super Mario movie right now. For I a, hadn't
0: heard the, about that, the no. new
1: CGI movie?
0: Yeah, that I haven't heard about. and
1: Because uh, yeah. the, technically, we are going to see exactly how they do this.
0: Yeah, I mean, it should be interesting uh, to see how it, they pull it off, because it's just, okay. I mean, with video games, this is a, a definitely a topic for another time, but, I mean, video game movies in general are kind of <laughs> hit or miss. Where some of them have actually been decent, but then you've had others where they are pretty forgettable. But we're not going to get into that right now.
1: Well, so, but I I would like to say though, now looking at it, unless this is totally wrong, Sylvester Stallone is Mario, Luigi is Antonio Banderas, <laughs> William <laughs> Defoe is King Koopa, Charlie Theron is Daisy. So just. Just wrap your mind around. So
0: that's who they've signed for the voice cast.
1: Yeah, that's who they've signed as the voice cast.
0: Sylvester Stallone is Mario. Mm-hmm. I cannot picture that. I'm so used to char. What was his name? Charles Manette, you know, with the more. And because I remember reading an interview with him, and he was saying that when he was auditioning for the part. The reason he did the, it's-a-me, a Mario, because he thought you know, doing the stereotypical you know, Brooklyn-type gruff accent like that would just be so stereotypical and just wouldn't work. So that's why he did the voice he did, and I actually thought it worked for the character. So.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it, well, it's iconic now.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why I said I, I think for that reason it's going to be kind of hard for the fans to accept, but we'll see what happens when it comes out. So I'd have to say... Well, let's say for the sake of argument, Nintendo did decide to stop making consoles. I I admit it would be kind of weird to play like a Super Mario Brothers or a Legend of Zelda game on an Xbox. But what would you think if they did decide to do that where they moved away from consoles and they focused on the portable units like the DS or whatever is going to replace the DS and then did other things but, you know, stopped making dedicated home consoles? What would you what would your opinion on that be?
1: For a while now, I've been under the opinion, and even somewhat with the Switch. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't play my Switch very often. I've got one sitting here with, you know, most of the main titles that I need. Um, But they don't want, and they've been pretty boisterous about it, they don't want to compete in the major two or three, you know, consoles of whatever's coming out. You know what I mean? They want to stay in their cheap little area where it doesn't cost them a lot to make whatever they're making and they can get their profits and they can keep their ips in their own ecosystem you know what i mean Mm -hmm. doing something and moving away from that will generate them a lot more money in the long run i think because you're opening it up to a lot the mainstream gamer who you know is looking for the graphics powerhouse and the other thing I think it's a win for gamers, definitely. As long as they don't just go, Well, we're just making Game Boy or we're just filling microtransaction cell phone games up on the market and that's all you get now. As long as they can keep their, you know, identity and do what Sega did, you know, except for some of the Sonic games that we won't mention. Um, you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. that's a that's a win for everybody. And, you know, that just means that there won't be those heavy losses like the Wii U took, or technically... But that'll also mean, you know, you won't have your iconic Nintendo system in your home anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? You won't have Cause that I mean, part of gaming history anymore.
0: Yeah, because I would find it sad. I mean, first I would find it sad if Nintendo fell into the trap of making microtransaction games. I mean, okay, we've talked about microtransactions before. Um, so, I mean, I understand sometimes a company has to do what they need to do to to keep, you know, to, to stay successful. But I would find it sad if they did stop because, you know, you and I, we both grew up playing video games. And, you know, I'm sure that the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, we both have a lot of fond memories of playing those games and, you know, having playing on those systems. So... I don't know. I guess if they did decide to stop making dedicated home consoles, but they continued with something like the DS, I could probably I'd be cool with that. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing them go into the mobile market as long as they're not getting totally ridiculous about it. Like, remember how we were talking before about okay, what if uh, you know, Mario games were, you know, were uh microtransaction based where, you know, oh, you got hit by a goomba and died? pay 99 cents to get another life
1: yeah or or you lost your power up and you can buy this power up for 99 cents or you can buy this power up for 99 cents or you can wait
0: yes exactly so moving on to our next story this there apparently there's a plans now to make a new sega nomad now i wasn't able to f- pull up the story that had There was a video I saw. uh, Let me see if I can just do a quick search and find a story. I wasn't sure exactly what games were on it, so it might still be in development. But what is your thought on that when you heard about how they are making a new uh, Sega Nomad machine?
1: I don't know exactly. It's interesting. Interesting. The big thing is, I think, dependent on how... I'm just looking at the previous one. I'm looking at how big the screen was. It doesn't look like the screen was very big. But the the actual buttons and everything look so right. My first question is, what will it be based on? You know, Because is it going to be just Genesis for the Nomad? Is it going to have Game Gear on the Nomad? Is it going to be like a... How do I say it? is it like they're, a combo they're,
0: unit or yeah, they
1: their flashback machine where you're just playing through their library and they're just making something there are they going to make new games on it you know what i mean since you have a if since you're making a console are you going to a whole new way of having new content on there or is it just going to be like a, a retro type uh, nomad, nomad device you know so and I don't really know that much about the original Nomad to have a opinion on especially on how well it worked or what the battery life was, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like a bad idea.
0: Okay. Well, I'm I looked up I found an article on Nintendo Life from uh the 10th, so not too too long ago. Uh so it's being made by Retrobit and they are working. It's gonna be officially licensed. So that's good. So the you know the it should be at least a, a decent quality or should be good quality if it is official, but it looks like from what we can information we have so far, um, it looks like it's just going to be, um, the just like a a new nomad. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me though if they did have some pack in games like you mentioned the you know, the retro systems, and we used to actually have one. And we actually liked it, you know, the one where, uh, you know, you had the, it had like 80 built-in games, though only about half of them were actual games, like from Sega. Uh, The others were just like cheap games that someone probably could have programmed as part of an assignment for a video game or a computer class. So, Leia like said we don't have any much more information yet. Uh, just looking up another article, so it looks like it's going to be slightly slimmer. Uh, it's new stylized direction pad and bu- buttons that are easier to press. It'll support both NTCS and PAL.
1: Oh, wait. Is that, a, HDMI. is that a lesson that Sony should have figured out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. It also uh, will have an HDMI feature, so apparently, yeah, you can connect it to your TV. So it doesn't have any... I don't have, We don't have any other information yet, but, I mean, I think it would be cool if they at least did include a few pack-in games, like, you know, maybe some of the Sonic games or some of their other better hits, but yeah. still... I, I I don't think necessarily see it as being a bad thing. I know the company at Games that made the retro console we had, they did make a portable version, but I don't remember if that one supported cartridges or if it was just the packing games.
1: Yeah, because having I mean not for me since I don't have any cartridges left, I don't think you know having having the cartridge isn't really a big deal for me but there's a lot where it would be more important for me to have like an SD card and ability to grab stuff off the off the net to download or to have a good library of games already loaded on it
0: plus you never know you might go to a rummage sale and see like a copy of like Fantasy Star 2 or 3 or 4 being sold for 5 bucks you know so like i said it should be interesting to see what they do with that well the next story is the one up arcades now? Uh, you've probably seen a few of these, right?
1: Yes, they look they look being six foot one <laughs> or near six foot one. They're a little, they're a little small for my taste, but it look they look awesome, you know what I mean? There's yep. just a little, you know, kind of boutique item that you can just play or whatnot.
0: <laughs> did we, did I tell you that we actually have one?
1: No, you did not.
0: Yeah, we got it as a gift from my brother-in-law. Uh, the one we have has four games on it: Rampage, Joust, Defender, and Gauntlet. It, it's, I mean, we we do have to either kneel or you know sit on chairs to play it. They do sell the risers, but we never got out and went out to get one yet. And honestly, it's a fun little thing. I mean, my son and I have had fun going on there and playing Gauntlet and. Uh, and rampage occasionally i'll go and play joust the only problem is defender they really kind of slaughtered the controls on it but not going to get into that (laughs) they did announce there are some new one-up games coming this year nba jam mortal kombat final fight golden tea space invaders karate champ oh good god why and Apparently, they're also going to be introducing some tabletop noddles, which will include a Capcom 12-in-1. So when I saw that, it's like, okay, if they release a Capcom 12-in-1, I will strongly consider getting that depending on what games they have on it, because Capcom has made some of my favorite uh, arcade games.
1: Now, the Final Fight one intrigues me. Uh, Golden Tee, I could never figure out, but apparently that's a good bar game that people like uh, for the Gulf.
0: See, Space Invaders, see, I don't know. See, Because the problem is with some of those games, I don't think I would uh, get... I mean, I'm glad that my brother-in-law did get us the, uh, you know, one that has multiple games. Because with some arcade games, they're not really meant to be played for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can only play, well, let's just use Space Invaders. You can only play Space Invaders so many times before it gets kind of boring. And even some of the, I mean, some of those games I think are pretty classic. Like, I mean, Gauntlet, I could, I love Gauntlet. Like Pac-Man, I know they have. I can only play so many games of Pac-Man before it just kind of gets boring. Okay, so here's a question. If what video games would you like to see to come to the arcade One Ups?
1: Um, the Konami beat 'em ups. If they could make a Konami beat 'em ups game, because uh, like The Simpsons, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, and like X Men and those, and make them in the cabinet, that would be awesome. I would definitely buy if they ever brought out uh, the uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: arcade game. And possibly if they did like a Marvel versus Capcom uh, or the Marvel versus Street Fighter, you know what I mean? And all those fighting games like they did with the Street Fighter box, I would probably pick that one up.
0: Yeah. And one of them that has Asteroids on it, there was a game I was actually surprised to see on there, Major Havoc. A couple years ago, up in, I think it's Seymour at their arcade, or at their... uh, their museum up there, the historical society, they had an arcade exhibit. Uh, It was run by a guy. He runs a a website or a company called silver, like silver quarter or silver coin or arcade. And he actually had a major havoc machine there that he was just working like a Dickens to get working. And, you know, he, so I, I think he would probably be excited to see that because yeah, I'm trying to look, because it, it looks like for the, I'm just on the One Up Arcade website, and it looks like for the one with Karate Champ, there's a couple other games on there, but it, it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, the Final Fight one looks like that's going to be a multi-pack, so that, that might actually be pretty cool. The Golden Tee looks like it's going to have several, uh, just several different versions of it. And I thought I heard that the Mortal Kombat one is actually going to be like the, they might be doing Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3 on there.
1: Now, to be honest with you, that might be a worth it one too because mm-hmm. um, if they're the actual arcade ports of it, those games were very good graphically and they were kind of fun. You know, yeah. and- the only thing that I would worry about is actually the actual controllers because fighting—that's the same thing I worry about with the, like the Street Fighter one they already brought out because you know there's a lot of quick movements on the controllers unlike with a lot of other arcade games like you can just move move but with uh you know fighting games there's a lot of intricate you know fast twitch movements that you're using so it's like hopefully the actual joysticks and buttons are good
0: well unfortunately they're not great because uh down at our at our mall at shield sports for some reason our shield sports sells uh arcade one-up machines but they had one, uh, the Street Fighter 2 one there, that was on, you know, the demo mode where you could play it. And I tried playing it, and I just found the joysticks to be a bit unresponsive. So I don't know if it's just that, or because with Street Fighter 2, I'm so used to playing it on a D-pad instead of a joystick. Maybe that's my problem.
1: And it, and it could be. I mean, but... Yeah, the, the actual joystick things, because that's one of the things if you ever look into the, you know, pro fighter circuit is they, they spend a lot of money for arcade fighting sticks and stuff like that to make sure that, you know, they can have a good time and remain competitive. So just making, you know, an arcade remake of it you know you got to kind of take that in consideration i think it's just the people who are going to buy it are people who probably spent hours (laughs) playing street fighter yeah (laughs) you know at the local mall or whatnot
0: but i mean it should be interesting to see to see how you know these games develop and not only that what games they start to introduce but yeah if they make a capcom 12-in-1 and it's reasonably priced I will definitely consider uh buying it, so like I said well, I'm sure we'll keep you updated if you know once we get more a little bit more information, and like I said, I think it, if I'm not sure if the Mortal Kombat, if it's just gonna be one of the games uh or if they are gonna be doing several, but yeah, if they did several, that would actually be pretty cool. so well, moving on to the next story, guess who's back?
1: I can't even begin to guess who could be, who could have anything to do in the news these days.
0: <sighs> Our buddy soldier boy. I'm sorry, oh. not soldier soldier. Oh. Ah, <laughs> yep. Soldiers back. So, you know, I was, when I saw this article, and I sent it to you, I had this, you know, I wonder if maybe his bucket list includes getting sued by every major game company.
1: Well, I kind of I kind of also wonder if he just wants to go to jail. You know, maybe he wants to really live that thug life and have a little bit of prison time as well.
0: Maybe. Maybe he thinks he needs some street cred and the only way to, best way to do it would be to go to prison for copyright infringement, but. <laughs>
1: That's so lame.
0: Yeah. So apparently his new console is, uh, you, you said that when you saw it, it looked like a, a Vita knockoff.
1: Yeah, Sony Vita.
0: I mean, I'm just, you know, and I'm just kind of surprised he's going at it again, that you'd, you'd think he would have learned his lesson. Now, when I was, see, I wasn't able to find much information as to whether it was a Vita knockoff where you could play Vita games on it or if it had the pack-in games because they very, probably very wisely did not mention that on the uh, his website, uh, at least based on the, the few YouTube videos I've seen on it. You know they didn't have uh, they didn't say anything about the games on on those videos.
1: Very interesting, and I re- I remember on the uh, on the actual website they were they were marked up pretty heavily too. They were, you know, you could po- find those from different websites and be able to get them for a lot cheaper than you could on his website.
0: Yeah, because I think they were saying that the uh, the one that he's trying to push now at least while it's still up, who knows it may, by the time we're recording this it or by the time that this episode drops, it may very well have been taken down, but apparently, you know, he's selling it for like 99, 99, but people have said that you can buy similar systems on Amazon for like 30 bucks. Yeah. Where it's like he, he, on his website, it's like, he marks it up to $200 and then, Oh, but it's on sale for a hundred. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I have to say that these people who keep making all of these videos about him criticizing his products, they should really be sending thank you letters to Soldier Boy because I'm sure they're getting lots of hits from people watching those videos.
1: Oh God, yeah, because it's it's just, it's the it's the current you know every once in a while you get the gift that keeps on giving.
0: <laughs> yeah. And because the thing is with. Uh, with the, the new system he's making that looks like it's a Vita knockoff, he may or may not get in trouble for that one. Because uh, I was reading, I was watching one video, and the guy was saying that it really kind of depends on whether there's pack-in games or not. Because, you know, if he if it's just a cheap emulator, he's probably less likely to get in any major trouble for that because I mean I know I've you know they've got those retcon games I don't know if you have ever seen those um where you know it it's basically like a it's smaller than a your classic NES for example but you can put an NES game in it and then there's other ones that can do like multi cart where you could play like you know Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis games in it so
1: yeah
0: you know if it's just something like that he could probably get away with it
1: yeah, but. no, it's 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 the main. I think I think one of the main things is if he would have been a little bit more quiet about it and not announced that uh, Nintendo couldn't touch him, that you know everybody was being I forgot the words he used, but you know if you just kind of silently do that and keep it under the radar, you know, because there's a lot of companies doing it and.
0: Yeah, he may have been able to get away with it in that case. Or if he kept pretty coy as to what was included on it. Like if he said comes prepackaged with 800 games instead of saying classic games. Because I think that's going to start people investigating. Because you think classic games, you're probably thinking of games like Mario and Sonic. So there was one video I was watching. And the guy who uh, made it was like, you know why are there, or maybe it was just a twitter comp- no it was a Twitter comment that someone had posted. It's like, well, why are they going after Soldier boy? Why don't they go after the company that's actually manufacturing the consoles and Of course, the problem for that is well, a lot of these- these consoles are made in China, and whenever you have a company violating your copyright and they're overseas, it's a lot lot harder to go after them. Uh, Cause I remember I used to work as a seasonal customer service representative for the North face and we would get calls from people where, you know, they would find, I don't, are, are you familiar with North face products at all?
1: Yes. Very expensive.
0: Yes. And sometimes people would call in because they would find some website like North face sale, discount net, And people would like, be like, is this really a legitimate website? And, you know, we'd tell them, no, it, you know, the only official North Face website is northface.com. And, you know, the, and we also had information we could give them. Look, if you want to buy a North Face product, these are the places you want to go because they're going to be genuine products. And occasionally I had people be like, well, why don't you go after these companies? And I asked one of my managers just a good response for that. And he was saying that, yeah, part of the problem is that a lot of times they're overseas. So the legal process to go after them is a lot more difficult, but not only that, it's like usually for every site you take down, two more pop up in its place. And, uh, you know, one of the responses they were giving in the case of Soldier Boy, he's in the U.S., those other companies are not. So it's a lot easier for them to go after him than it is for the companies actually making the consoles.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing is that, that's why most of the most of the people will or most of the companies go through something like China and that because they don't recognize and that we don't have any copyright treaties with them to protect people's trademarks. So there's not really any. Even when you go, if you were to bring something, they go and we don't recognize your copyright. So why do we care? It's yeah, just pure you know chaos, you know.
0: So we'll have to see what happens. Like I said, by the time this this episode reaches your ears, dear listener, Soldier Boy may be in prison. He may have taken it down, or he might have two more consoles that he's releasing. So we'll have to see what happens.
1: Well and and the question is, will he stop? <laughs> or will, I don't know. <laughs> or will he ride the train all the way to its destination?
0: We'll have to say, I said, we'll have to see about that, but well, the last couple of things we're going to talk about before we go on, I just want to say that the next couple of things we're going to be talking about, uh, do have to do with sexuality. So if you're listening to this episode around the kids and, you know, or if you just feel uncomfortable listening to people talk about this stuff, then you might want to switch off the rest of the episode now. Still there? good okay let's continue so next story we have is now first uh you're probably heard of overwatch or even if you haven't played it you're probably at least maybe seen some videos or you at least know what it is right Mm Mm-hmm. and have you actually played overwatch at all
1: i am not a good fast-paced twitch shooter person so and it had no single player campaign so yeah no i really didn't (laughs)
0: I'm yeah,
1: a fan and, of I'm a fan of Blizzard, but I just never got around to playing that game because it's just not one of those things that I'd be good at.
0: Yeah, and again just for full disclosure on my part too, I've never played Overwatch. I know a very very little bit about it. Uh the extent of my knowledge about that game, there was an episode of Death Battle, a, a web series I watch, where they had Scout from Team Fortress fighting against Tracer from Overwatch. So whatever information they have in that episode, that's about my extent of my knowledge on Overwatch. And like Wayne, you know, I'm not very good at those fast Twitch games. I usually don't, you know, I usually have a hard enough time with Doom and the slower-paced first-person shooters. So when you've got one where there's like, 80 million people running around you shooting at you. I usually don't last long in that type of environment. But they recently announced that one of the kids, well, they didn't really announce, but they, I don't know, it's kind of hard the way, it's it's weird the way they did it, where they had a comic book uh, based in the Overwatch setting, and they were talking about a character, Soldier 76. And they confirmed that he was either like gay or bisexual. So of course there have been a lot of there's been a lot of people making you know their videos and their their YouTube videos and their blog posts about this, and that really is going to tie into our opinion section. So first, what do you think about them making a Soldier seventy six gay or bisexual? Like I said, I forgot which one they made him.
1: Couldn't care one way or the other. But <laughs> my my problem with the the story isn't that they did it. You know what I mean? Because my thing is if it, in this day and age, as long as it makes a better story, you know what I mean? That's the really thing that I look at. You know, it's not so much that you just label something, you know what I mean? Suddenly, um can you make it a good story? The problem with Overwatch is everything with the story doesn't have anything to do with the actual game. So it's kind of arbitrary when they just do something like that. You know what I mean? And just go, okay. Now yeah, this I... is what it is. And the timing of it, when there's so much negative press on Blizzard, that I think is where the controversy comes in. Is did they use it just as like a PR band? Oh yeah, we're we're having a lot of trouble with our PR and our image, so we're just going to slap this guy being gay or bi, you know, on here so that you don't look at that anymore. Oh look, we did a good thing. We're <laughs> being know?
0: inclusive, but
1: Exactly. And that's and that's the reason why I, at least I think that people have an issue with it. Is not that they did it so much as when the they, timing, yeah.
0: You know it's funny when going back to our uh, our, our first episode where we were talking about uh, the the problem they had with Diablo, and you know the, one of the, the reps from the company was quoted as saying, "Don't you guys have com- mobile phones?" And someone posted a, a a a picture. I think it was on Twitter. It had a picture of that guy saying, "Don't you have? Uh, don't you guys have mobile phones?" On Underneath it had a bunch of computers and said, hey, devs, don't you guys have PCs? So, yeah. you know, kind of a as we were saying, it's like, OK, you guys really couldn't make Diablo on a, a PC. But anyways, yeah. so I just thought that was I just saw that and it, it reminded me of our first episode. But and I guess as far as with Soldier 76 being gay, I have the same opinion as you in that. Doesn't really make much difference to me, and it's I think it's for the same reason as you know because neither of us play the game, so since neither of us has that emotional attachment, we really don't, you know, it's not something that we really are going to dedicate any time to getting worked up over. But that leads into the opinion section for today. One of the videos I watched is by a, a YouTuber named Proto Mario. And he actually did several videos on uh the on the Soldier Boy controversies. I don't know if you've seen any of those.
1: I except that he's doing what he's doing and that it's totally just like half assed and dumb. I no, I haven't yeah and hopefully I didn't just leave you know, myself. It's,
0: <laughs> it's funny, his videos on the Soldier Boy consoles He has this, like, ongoing skit he's been doing where he's, for like the opening part, he's been pretending that he's Soldier Boy's lawyer. Um, But yeah, it's, he did another video where he basically said that having Soldier 76 be gay is just useless pandering. And I did watch the full video, so, uh, you know, don't go writing angry emails to him assuming that he's homophobic. Because he, when I watched the video, it seems like he said that his opinion was he wasn't really bothered about gay characters in video games. Uh, it's just that he felt it didn't really have a place in a competitive shooter. And I know you it sounds like you touched on this briefly too, where, okay, it's not necessarily that we have a problem with a, a video game character being lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. It's just a matter of if it can be worked into the story or not and he just said that he didn't think it really had any place in the competitive shooter genre. And I think he's also probably the same opinion as you are where it's like it's it's pandering because and they're well maybe not necessarily pandering, but it sounds like you think that they're doing it more as to make they're not really doing it as any concern for make for the lesbian gay bisexual transgender community. You think they're doing it more for just PR reasons.
1: Yeah, and and I'll, I'll give a kind of correlation to this. Michael Michael Bendis, I believe, right? Um, he works at Marvel, or he was at one point, and he looked through the history of Bobby Drake, I think his name is Bobby Drake, Iceman? Yes. And he goes, you know, all of his relationships don't work, all of his things don't work, so let's give it a reason why, you know what I mean, unlike the rest of the X-Men, you know, who you'll see doing whatever. Let's let's make Iceman gay, right? And that worked over there, right? Because there was some stories, some explanation, and some, you know, going through it. Um, whereas they brought out an actual Iceman comic, and like the story's just kind of like there isn't necessarily a good one it's just there and the the whole gay thing is now tacked on instead of being like a good integral part of the story you know what i mean so yeah. in this i kind of disagree that there can't be any you know gay lesbian trans characters in a competitive shooter well, right wayne
0: wayne remember Though we grew up in an age where video games featuring a pair of muscular men, you sometimes half naked without any shirts, running around with guns <laughs> was common. Remember games like Contra and Akari Warriors? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, I remember those.
0: But then well, again, those a- those weren't competitive. But no, I just, I just, sorry, I just thought what? about that. It's like, oh yeah, know. <laughs> you know how it's like. Okay, they talk about. You know, soldiers have to be, well, they talk about, um, you know, whether it belongs in the story or not. And it's like, and I guess it kind of, again, yeah, it does depend on the story. I mean, what if they did decide to make it that, or Konami, for example, what if Konami decided to announce that, oh, yeah, uh, after all these years, we're finally going to announce that the developer of Contra, he intended the two characters in there to be gay lovers, hence why yeah. they're running around in a jungle without their shirts, and I don't know. But
1: <laughs> but, but that's, what, that's why I'm saying is that when, when we look at the backstory from um, Overwatch, that's where it doesn't make sense. It's because your story in the game is totally, you know what I mean? It's not there. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you look at the actual game, you have an overbroad story, you have like little character bios, And if you really cared about that, because I don't know if any of the other characters in their actual game bios are LGBT.
0: I think Tracer or one of the female characters, uh, they did say in one of the videos I was watching, did say that Tracer was, or I said, maybe it might not be Tracer, but one of the female characters is a lesbian. Uh, But they mentioned that, okay, they, they did that seven months after the, game came out whereas with soldier 76 they waited two years before they decided to introduce that and yeah. the that video and i again i apologize i don't remember who made it but he he just he thought the big problem with it is because he thinks it's being used as a marketing tool but yeah
1: and that's and that's where i was going kind of going with it is because if you're going to do something like that And you're going to show inclusion and you're going to show you want to be proud of this inclusion why wasn't it there at the beginning of the game when you're fleshing out the world and the story why did you wait till everybody's kind of like going you know angry at um activision you know angry at blizzard for what they're doing and what they're turning into why did you wait till right after that to just announce Oh look we have a new backstory which includes inclusion look at us we're the good guys
0: see and i guess here's another thing that i i think it could it could backfire on on them in more ways than one and i admit i'm a heterosexual so i am approaching this from a different perspective now i'm not sure if we have any uh lgbt listeners and if we do i would certainly be interested in hearing uh your take on this whole matter but i almost wonder if some members of that particular game community would almost be offended by this notion where people are saying they're using it as pandering it's like are they trying to say that okay you people think that we're only going to buy a game if there's an lgbt character in it so
1: and here's the other question on the other side why i mean don't get me wrong why did it have to be an existing character why didn't they make a new character
0: yeah they could you have just said mean? a dlc character but no and um seeing
1: not not that that because that sometimes will bring out just as much outrage <laughs> you know <laughs> what i mean oh it couldn't be one of your old characters it had to be a new character but then it might have felt like maybe well we wanted to bring because they do bring out new characters every once in a while it might have felt a little na- more natural you know what i mean to do it that way, but at the same time you know, you could hang yourself because it's like oh, so they, you know you could look at it the same way. Oh, so one of the other characters could never be.
0: (laughs) See, but the thing is, I wonder if that would almost backfire on them as well if they introduced a a gay or lesbian DLC character. Because they might be like, okay, let's say that you know, you've got, you know, let's say for the sake of argument that I was a I was gay and I'm a gay gamer. And Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, so I want to... Because when we play video games, there is a certain amount of projection. You know, we like to find something we can relate to in the, in the characters that we're playing. Why do you think characters like Mario and Link are so popular? You know, they go on these grand adventures, and in the end, they save the day and get the girl. Who wouldn't want that? Now, let's say you've got, you know, a homosexual gamer... And they decided to release. Okay, we're making this character. We have this character. He's, you know, a strong character. He's a, you know, brave, heroic. He's, you know, homosexual. But you have to pay a dollar ninety nine to download them. Then that's almost like, okay, wait a second. You're making me pay so I can have a character that I can relate to. It's like, I, I don't know. I guess in that oh, regard,
1: I, I've got to, I've got to agree with that a little bit. You know what I mean? But. It's kind of it's kind of funny that we haven't, because don't get it wrong. As far as I know, the the population or whatnot of uh, you know, LGBT, it'd be characters or not characters, but people, you know what I mean, isn't as many as you know straight people. Now I don't know if there's any study on that or any population things or not, but does that say that that companies that want to be inclusive possibly should possibly make a game, you know what I mean, that is kind of focused on that reality now, that Mm -hmm. reality has shifted a little bit, that, you know what I mean, instead of of shoehorning it into existing content, why don't people make new games that feature these characters and those stories?
0: And that does bring up another question, though. How inclusive do video game manufacturers need to be now if a game manufacturer if they make a game and they decide to put an lgbt character in there i have no problem with that regardless of the genre as long as it's done respectfully like let's say they did introduce a let's say the next call of duty game uh the they introduce a character in there that is an openly gay soldier on this going on this special mission now, if they had him in, like, pink camouflage and he was talking, you know, in the, stereo, you know, like, in the lisp, the stereotypical flamboyant gay accent and was always hitting on his male counter, you know, his male squad members, okay, I'm heterosexual, that would offend me. You're essentially saying, okay, yeah, we'll give you a gay character in a game, but we're going to make him flamboyant and we're going to be you know, we're making it obviously an an overblown stereotype.
1: And to now, be honest with you, that would piss off, or pardon me, that would make angry, you know, I think the community as well at that point. You know what I mean? I don't think that would make anyone happy. <laughs> yeah,
0: that would definitely be a, that would make everyone mad, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: You know, and it's like said, even if it is just a really good game, I think that's something that would, certainly stir up a lot of controversy I think a lot of people would have a hard time getting past that now I and as we were saying before I think that it certainly can be done respectfully but it probably would be a little bit better suited for your more story-driven games because I mean in as I said just as being heterosexuals there's things that we don't necessarily understand about the about what people who are gay, lesbian, bisexual or transgender have to go through. Um I mean I have some friends who are bisexual and I you know I know one of the problems that they usually deal with is they run into other members of the LGBT community where they're like, oh, well, what? You you can't make up your mind. You can't choose one or the other. So they have, you know, they have their own prejudices that they have to deal with. And then again, we see some places where there's like the, uh, you know, anti-homosexual legislation that people try to put into place. And unfortunately we do hear about hate crimes against people of those particular communities. So, they have their own set of issues that they have to deal with now that's why i think it's not necessarily a bad thing to include those types of characters in a video game because it does give them something that they can latch latch onto now maybe okay hope i hope that doesn't sound like ignorant or anything and it might be i again like i said i'm heterosexual i don't understand I can't. I don't know from firsthand experience all the things that LGBT LGBT people have to deal with.
1: And, and I don't think I don't think you have to be afraid of being ignorant. the The claim we're making is that we kind of are ignorant. We don't yeah. know what you know what I mean. We being part of the, that's kind of like one of the things that's a blessing and a curse. And sometimes being part of the majority or the norm. You don't know what it's like for the other side that has to struggle with not necessarily being viewed as normal. You know what I mean? Not oh, exactly, being the yeah. ones who, you, you know, because you're just not that thing. The Now, you know what I mean? To be truly ignorant, you wouldn't have to say, hey, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't know I even. Mean? I don't want to learn. I don't want to hear your story or whatnot. And I think that's one of the things that I think I want to point out in this too, is that I wonder how many of the comics, because Overwatch has been out for a few years, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, how many of the comics featured this character and went into any of its his backstory in the past? You know what I mean? Is because that's the one thing I don't know that's actually being looked at in this discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Is that did he never have much backstory? explaining did he not have in the comics or whatnot many parts or you know what i mean many of his own things it's possible maybe, maybe we're looking at it like yeah this is something to just do the play the you know inclusivity card but at the same point has he ever had time in the spotlight where they could have went into this part of his backstory
0: yeah and again i think what some of the people who tend to view it more as the pandering they might look at it from the position of, well, do we really need to know this particular character's backstory? And if we did, because I guess it was relevant to the story, but was the fact that he had a gay lover, was that necessarily relevant? So Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's, and, and that's why I tie it into, did we ever have it before? Because, you know, if he's never really had anything for a backstory... Well, it's it's still convenient that they're doing it now that they're yeah. in so much trouble. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Well, we've never explored his backstory, so why not? You know what I mean? It's like but if he's had like in all the comics he's had like ten, twelve issues <laughs> where so, he's talked about his past or whatnot and this has never come up until now.
0: So I think one of the things we can certainly agree on is that their timing for announcing this was probably not necessarily the best and so like I said it's one of those things that I'm sure that you know we could probably continue to go on and you know go on about so um, but like I said yeah if uh, you know if we do have any LGBT uh, listeners out there if you are interested in you know if you want to sound off and if you want to let us know what your take on this certainly would be interested in hearing it uh, again, POI game studio at uh pod No, so that's, that's I almost gave you the website address to listen to the podcast. But if you're listening to the podcast, you probably know that already. So, okay, let me start over there. POI game studio at gmail.com. So like I said, uh, bottom line, and I think we're both agreement. We're not opposed to having, you know, gay or lesbian characters in video games, uh, and just in this case, it may not have been necessarily the, been the best way to announce it. And and I don't know. I mean, I know that there's, as I said before, there's a certain amount of projection. And this might be another question to, to ponder. Uh, like, I, I remember long, long, long time ago, uh, I was reading an article. It was about the video game Mist. Have you ever played that game?
1: I have, and I put it down because I'm apparently not smart enough to have no direction <laughs> and then figure out puzzles from that area. I'm like, okay, this is interesting, but I uh, well, beautiful games. but
0: <laughs> Yeah, because the, the author of the article was saying that one of the things that was interesting about that game is you never saw your character. And that was a perfect way for people to project themselves into that game because – the character you're playing could be whatever you wanted him to. And I thought the author was trying to argue that it may have helped bring more females into gaming. And again, it's because the attitude was that, well, at least back in those days, usually a female gamer has no problems playing a male character, but a male character isn't always going to be comfortable playing a female character. That's never been true for me, but it wouldn't surprise me if there were some people like that. So I must wonder if one of the reasons we don't see more LGBT characters in gaming is if that's the the mentality that some of these game designers have where they think or they assume that an LGBT gamer has no problem playing a straight character, but it's not always going to work the other way around where a straight character might not feel comfortable playing an LGBT character so like i said if the say that the next call of duty did feature an openly gay soldier are they concerned that maybe it would be offensive and straight gamers wouldn't latch on to that particular character even if it was a well-written character and a a good game so i don't know any thoughts on that Mm,
1: i i don't know it's it's The only thought that I have is is that one of the reasons why in many RPGs you play the um, silent protagonist, like you don't talk a lot in role-playing games because that's reserved for what you would say or how you would act in that situation, Um, not how the actual hero talks or whatnot is that one of those things. And to be honest with with you, when you're playing a game, you're kind of doing it for kind of escapism. You're, you're doing it to step out of your life into another story. And I don't know, I agree that you might be a little uncomfortable, you know, stepping in a story that maybe in real life you might not be uncomfortable. But isn't that one of the reasons why we play games to experience something different?
0: that's that's true and that's actually a very interesting way of looking at it because i know i've used i've used gaming as an escapism for many years so good point well any closing thoughts for today's show
1: I'm waiting for information for PS5, I think. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I would like to do a segment on on that maybe next time. Is What does the PS5 and new Xbox have to do to succeed? Because I've got some ideas, and I'd like to go over them with you one day. But but that's really what's on my mind today, because I've been seeing a couple leaks out there, and I saw the, much to my chagrin, that AMD is not making a budget card for my PC. So (laughs) if I want a new graphics card, I have to pay, like, four to seven hundred dollars for one which makes me go i ain't got that kind of money what are you talking about
0: (laughs) you know that's actually a good topic so yeah well maybe we'll try to do that for the next opinion or next uh next episode we'll try to see if we can find a little bit more information about a uh what ps5 news that they've got out there so but with that said like to thank all you for tuning in and hope you enjoyed the show found our discussion, both entertaining and informative and get out there and keep on gaming.
1: It was a dark and stormy night, and the hosts of the Queens of the Damned podcast had just gathered around the fire with their tomes of forgotten lore. Don't forget the wine! And a lot of wine much of which had already been imbibed. For her part, Miranda was discussing a history of Frankenstein, from its conception to Karloff's beloved role as the monster. And Rachel would continue with Vincent Price, like everything about Vincent Price. And as the fire died down, Nikki would conclude the evening with something related to Gothic literature, probably. You know me so well. Do you like listening to three women debate about the cultural significance of the horror genre? And also axe murders. I do love a good old-timey axe murder story. Then Queens of the Damned, a horror podcast, is the show for you. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere you can download a podcast. Visit us at queensofthedamnedpodcast.wordpress.com, qotdpodcast.podbean.com, or email us at qotdpodcast at gmail.com for more details about our monthly horror giveaways. Stay spooky!
0: You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at poi studio.